Welcome to Talking Instinct, the podcast series from Instinct HR that shares insights and ideas to help you inspire and engage your teams and the people around you. Our guests include inspiring leaders, small business owners, coaches, and industry experts. Today, we welcome Matt Cullen, financial advisor at O'Connor Wealth Management. Matt focuses on educating people about the financial affairs and uh, making financial advice accessible. Uh, welcome, Matt. How are you? Very well, thank you, Darren. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Brilliant. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about, uh, about I guess, what you do and uh, I guess how how you're different, really? I think I, I, can, I guess uh, I've noticed um, the, the bits particularly I mentioned around education, educating people uh, around finance and making it accessible. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about uh, your why that's passionate, uh, why you're passionate about that, and 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 why it's important to you, and how you go about uh, about creating it for people. Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, so I'm a financial advisor. Main job is helping families and businesses plan, you know, for their tomorrow today. The key areas and the most common area um, is retirement planning. You know, it's the biggest one. Everyone will retire. And everyone will need to make sure that they've got that money and that income that they need. Um, also, savings and investments, you know, making sure people's money is in the right place, working hard for them and not just sitting in the bank, getting eroded by inflation. Mm. Making sure people are protected as well, you know, just in case the worst happens. You know, it's really shocking, Darren, that how many people don't have anything in place, but yet they've got their phone and their pet insured uh, instead of their own. <laughs> Come more lives um and then and finally another big area is that intergenerational planning and making sure the inheritance tax planning is done so keeping family wealth within the family and not going to the government you know my role there is really just to ensure that all those areas are covered and that as people move through life i'm there to be on hand to be flexible with their plan as and when their circumstances will change to make sure that financial plan suits them throughout the life mm. because their goals will change as they go through life. You know, as uh, people come in and leave and money gets inherited um, and it's really important that that financial plan is flexible and it's not a rigid structure. Um, and it goes a little bit deeper than just setting up a pension or setting up an investment, mm. really exploring what, is important to people and what their goals are and to build a plan around that and i think you said you know what makes me different from you know other advisors one thing that i've become really passionate about is the education side and making financial advice accessible i use myself as as an example of this is when i was working in tesco um how many years ago now Five years ago, um, it was a store manager who was on a decent wage, was paying into the company pension. And I thought, that's all right. I'm doing okay. No one's told me any different. Mm. Uh, what I know now, um, if I had carried on that path and not doing anything, I would have ended up getting to close to retirement with having a fraction of what I needed um, for, for my retirement. Yeah. I've actually had some difficult conversations already with, with clients um, the start of becoming a financial advisor, which made me really think that 
this needs to be, this needs to change. I need to help change people's mindsets, give them that education so that they can make those positive changes. So I've been doing that by going into businesses where I've been delivering free financial well-being workshops. Okay. Yeah. And these are all centered around making sure people have got the information that they need and they know where to look and to change that mindset to make a big difference in the future. You know, one of the scary stats at the moment is that the average retiree is retiring with only £60,000 in the pension pot, which is the equivalent of about £200 per month. Wow. And for me, that is just, you know, I'm here to help people. And if I can make an impact on people, the earlier, the better, that then when they get older, they're going to have that future that they want rather than get to an age and be shocked at a sort of where they're at. Um, so it's, it's a massive part of, of what I do. Um, it's, it's not something I get paid for. And obviously the, the bread and butter is the stuff I spoke about at the start, but this is really important to me because, like I said, I, I, I put myself in that position of if I hadn't been told or given that opportunity to learn about the things that are so important that we just don't get taught in school or by our parents. Um, and if I can part that knowledge on, on a couple of people, then I've, I've made a big difference in people's lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's interesting, we could, we could probably talk about the, uh, the, uh, the, the effectiveness of the education system, but you, you, it's, it's, we say it time and time again, don't we? They, they don't, it doesn't prepare people, uh, certainly for you know, financial well-being. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't. Um, I, I guess I'm interested around that that transition from you know successful retail uh, leader, which I, I, I did myself a good many years ago. Um, uh, I took a different journey into kind of HR and, and project management beyond that, um, and you went into uh, financial uh, services, I guess, or financial uh, advice. So, what 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 was it that that was the catalyst for that? change because I, I guess largely i think people in retail they kind of grow up and, and and grow up in retail and have several careers within big organizations don't they and uh, you've made that break and it sounds like you're dead passionate uh, about educating we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later but what was the catalyst for you because i think you could have been forgiven for very easily continuing that successful career yeah and i think that's it uh, when i was when I was there, it used to be called, you know, are you going to be a Tesco lifer? Where, like you just said, the majority of people, once they're in, they can't get out. Um, and for me, I, I got to the point where the ceiling, you know, the level I was at, there was a bit of a, a political ceiling above me, mm. where if, you know, you had the skills um, to then progress, that necessarily wouldn't actually get you there. You had to be in the know and, and have know the right people, um, which which felt to me was just unfair. And I I wanted to strive for bigger things and, and, and do that quicker. Mm. Um, I mean, the the whole experience of retail, I think, was was fantastic for me. It it massively shaped me as the person I am today, and the values that sort of run through me and and sort of wanting, you know, being a hard worker and wanting to help people out. Um, but that's where I got to. And before I went in, came into financial services, 
had the opportunity to go into property development with a bit of a difference where we were we were developing properties and houses for adults with learning disabilities and mental health okay. um so i did that for another sort of two years after i left retail um and i went again was that was great to help you know be able to help people um and more growth for me as a person you know learning more and i got a real good connection with that sort of care side even though we were yeah. you know, predominantly the property developers um my job was to meet the care providers meet the people that we were going to help house um and then from there i got i got an opportunity you know to, to start this role um and and it was it wasn't one that i could sort of turn down um because it was that support that I, I'd been given from making that transition to go from an employed throughout my life to then self-employed. I would have never made that jump without the support I've been given from, from my practice principal, Dave. Yeah. Um, and the opportunity for me was that I could do this to make a difference to people's lives uh, and also then be in control of my own sort of destiny in a way. Um, there wasn't going to be a ceiling above me. I could push and work as hard as I wanted to to get where I needed to. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's there's a there's a massive difference, isn't there, from I guess having the luxuries of what the corporate world can give you, and and in many ways it protects you. Um, and when you become self-employed, as we both are, um, <laughs> it's it's a massive learning curve. I remember when I left the corporate world and, and set up uh, Instinct HR. Um, I kind of went in with some confidence thinking, yeah, I know how to market this business, you know, and you have to, you know, create a business plan and structure and, uh, and it was all that exciting and really interesting. And, and of course, marketing for your own uh, small business is, 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 is a world apart from marketing in the, in the corporate world. But uh, yeah, very, very protected. It's a big, it's a big, brave step. Um, but I, I, I guess what I'm hearing is that the consistency of what you've, uh, the values that retail gave you, particularly around, around customer and care, uh, how that's followed through to your property development and the end into you being a financial advisor. That that feels a little bit like your your personal USP as a as a financial advisor is that kind of care and education side, really. Um, I guess one of the things that I um, I I think is is challenging. It must be challenging for for, for, for financial advisors is is getting in front of the right people because um, I can I suspect that uh, you know individuals families couples businesses really how, how do you get over the hurdle of uh, people wanting to listen to what you've got to say because I suspect there are some I suspect trust is an issue really with will I get independent advice how much will it cost me you know it's it's their yeah. time it's how do you overcome those kind of barriers and what barriers do you see yeah I think I, you know that is that is one of the, the the hardest things to to sort of combat um because i think people have got their own idea around financial advisors and the, and the potential stigma that surrounds it around like you just said can i afford it is it just for people with a million pound in the bank um so what what i've been trying to do is you know across across the platform to social media um you know mainly instagram and linkedin is to to try and educate people on um, the different areas that that I can help with um, and the different people I can help in the different situations. 
and I've I've seen that by sort of doing storytelling and, and using different demographic of people, um, people are starting to connect and, and make that that connection with what I'm saying with their own situation. I'm really setting out that financial advice is accessible. It doesn't cost to have a conversation with me. It doesn't cost to have a meeting with me. Yeah. Um, and for for getting to get people to really reach out and just sense check where they are and, and like I said it's done through through education posts yeah. um, and I think the bit beyond that as any financial advisor as the business grows is personal recommendations so once you've done a good job with people you do start getting talked about within those friends and family circles um, and I'm seeing a lot more of that come come through now you know I've yeah. been qualified now for for 18 months so I qualified in the middle of the pandemic where I couldn't go see anybody for the first nine months which yeah. was um which was which was hard you know a face-to-face business where you can't go see anyone face-to-face and build that trust as you quite rightly said yeah and um, that that was challenging but got through it and you know really proud that I was still be able to support I think it was in that first nine months I helped around 40 people um build financial plans for the future where I couldn't even go see them everything was done by this medium over zoom yeah. is um you know great great to sort of do and being out doing it face to face now is, is absolutely fantastic yeah it, it is it, it, it's it's do clearly it's doable uh online but to your point that the trust thing is massive isn't it particularly in both of our worlds really I you know I guess we uh, people by people and uh it's all based on trust and strength of relationship and that, that's so much easier face to face and uh it, it's a very different dynamic yeah it, it really is and um uh, yeah you you mentioned your instagram posts and i guess ed- educating uh, making it accessible through those channels and educating people in that way and um i guess i'm a bit curious because i i see a you know fair amount of your posts i think we all probably have to limit you know the amount of time we spend on the in these places but uh, for our own sanity really um but they, they do stand out because you're very you are very open with what you share and i'm i guess part of me sometimes thinks crikey you know would would ordinarily would people be charging for that kind of advice but you're giving it freely um does that does that kind of open the door does that encourage people because i i suspect people stop and read but do they interact or not thinking, well, if I interact, you might come and, you know, follow up with me or, you know, I, but very valuable advice, I guess is what I'm trying to say, Matt, really. Some really good free valuable advice that you share in, in, in a different kind of way, in a funky kind of way for financial yeah. advisors, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, well, I think, I think that, was, that was something I always wanted to, to do. Um, I didn't want to be sort of a closed book because at the end of the day, who's then going to know what I'm about and the sort of person I am. But it was really interesting that I was putting these posts out and and if you have a look at back on my Instagram, it's changed from just pictures with text underneath to then a different colour. And I've I've sort of grown and, and seen that I can I need to be a bit different and, and get it get it right. But there was times where I was only getting three or four likes on, on a post and I was thinking, oh only three or four people are seeing me. What what's the point in this? Yeah, and then what's transpired as the months have gone on, a lot of people that I've known from school and not spoken to, all of a sudden started reaching out, and I'd even have messages saying, "Oh, Matt, can you just give me a bit of 
you know, what do I need to do with this? I've been, I've been following your post for a while. And these people have never clicked like once. Um, so to me, that was really reassuring that actually people are seeing it and people are getting the message about what I'm about and, and how that might then affect them in the future and need to speak to me. Um, you know, I'm not, not a salesman. I don't, I don't do any of that hard sell. It's all about giving people knowledge, educating, yeah. and then when they're ready, they come and see me because there's nothing more. Um, they're not going to want to interact with me or do anything. If I come to them and say, "Come on, let's let's sort your pensions out. Let's do this," um, because people are just going to walk away from it and, and not feel that they're in the right position to do so and feel comfortable. And that that's the that's the biggest thing for me, not only for people that. I'm speaking to that aren't clients, but also as I'm bringing on a client is checking that they're comfortable with what they're doing and they're not feeling that this isn't right for them and they're fully understanding of what I'm talking about and what I'm suggesting. Yeah. And, and for me, that's how I'll always be because I want that, I want it to sit right with me. I want it to sit right with I'm doing the right thing for them and they're feeling comfortable with what I'm putting in place. Yeah, yeah, which which is so important, isn't it? Because yeah, otherwise the, the the trust is not there at all. And it, it it I think there's a strong correlation from our you know from my own experience actually because, uh you know to your point, uh, low levels of interaction, um you can't gauge how much exposure you are getting on on some of these platforms. And for me, they've proven uh really successful so uh link, linkedin particularly um and i do try and maintain a presence elsewhere albeit you know periodically but it is so important you know you, to your point you know two or three likes in places no comments it's like crack here i'm putting all this effort in you know you you're sharing your wealth of knowledge and expertise and you put it's time you're putting your time into that which clearly isn't client facing time when you uh when when you're working up that content um what what i found was a very similar thing over uh, probably throughout you know half of 2020 when I had a bit more time and my business was new and I was creating content and, and, and sticking it out there it, it was often six eight nine months later when people from way 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 back who I worked with 15 years ago had just been you know slowly tracking monitoring just observing and and, and I guess the point is it builds credibility doesn't it if you're talking with real purpose and intent about your area of expertise uh, consistently over time, more people see it than perhaps will ever engage. Uh, I, I can certainly put two of my regular clients down to, to that purely exposure. And that yeah. they're not people who ever interacted, but I you know, knew historically, hadn't really maintained relationships with. Um, and we've we've rebuilt new relationships, and and they're now my clients, and that's uh, that's a really satisfying thing because it's uh, you you actually your starting position is far greater because you've got a relationship already, you've got history. It it almost feels like you, you you're in business with friends, really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exposure is is crucial, isn't it? it really, yeah, definitely. It really is. And I think you know as well when when you find and stand and get past the point that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and you're not going to be able to work with everyone as well I think that was another hurdle I just had to get over when I first first started I was thinking well why isn't everyone why isn't everyone coming to me why isn't everyone using me as a financial advisor and actually you know because people might not have that same connection or resonate exactly with what I'm saying and I think you know accepting that that's fine 
you know, is, it was a big thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think we all have to, you know, in my world, uh, there's there's, you know, there's HR consultants you know, all over the UK, all over Nottingham, all over the East Midlands. And um, my personal view, and I'm sure you have a similar view, is, you know, collaboration is important. Let's support and learn from each other. Uh, yeah. Let's work together. You know, we, we are, yes, we're competitors, but actually we're stronger together. And um, does the financial uh, world have kind of good networks and, and a, a, a advice support mechanisms? Do, do you have kind of uh, groups that you can connect with and get support from in that way yeah yeah we do and it's it's very much within the sort of partnership um they run sort of peer groups and and, and such like but also just making those connections you know i've connected with a few on linkedin i've met a few at networking groups and 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 build having those relationships with them it is great because you've got someone sort of ask a question if you need to or you know if you're struggling with potentially workload that you want to then pass some work to, to people uh, and I think you know having the mindset that there's enough people in the country to go around everyone yeah. and not feel not feel threatened that you're yeah. making good business connections with other advisors is I think is really key to, to yeah. sort of development and growth yeah and, I, and I'm, my guess would be and I don't know if you, you you know the kind of stats on this stuff but I, I suspect most people don't actually proactively go out and seek financial advice. Would that be fair to say? So yeah, there's still a big pond there, isn't there, for to fish in? You know, for yeah, yeah for, there is for for for, for everybody. Um, so the um the the education bit coming across really strong through, I guess, your, your different social channels, and we'll come back to that a little bit later. I think it's important we kind of highlight where where people can find you because you have got some really uh, relevant and pertinent stuff to share, uh, which. I guess whether people come to you for that or not, actually, it still serves another purpose of that they 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 may well act upon that advice yeah. in in a different way, and therefore you're still providing that 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 care, that service, making it accessible and potentially enhancing and changing people's lives, which is a powerful thing, isn't it? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I'm all right in thinking. Uh, I may well, yeah, I think I have seen this. You um you you also do um. I guess that care thing runs through other aspects of what you do. You're also involved in, in charity. Have you been, you had some big kind of golf event recently, didn't you? Is that right? Yeah. So I did, um, I did 72 holes of golf in one day for prostate cancer. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, <laughs> which, was, which was great afterwards. You know, we raised over a thousand pounds, which was, which was amazing. Right. Um, but the, the lack of, the lack of training that, that I did or didn't do um and the fact it was the day after my 10-day isolation after having covid oh so really I wasn't in tip-top condition um <laughs> surprisingly got around the first three holes uh, first three rounds sorry quite quite sprightly was okay and then the left the last um the last 18 holes my legs gave up I had that weird you know when you've seen marathon runners and they sort of get to the, the finish line and sort of stumbling. <laughs> yeah. I had that in my legs and I couldn't I couldn't shake it off. It was everything seized up. Um and I, I was in pain for a good couple of days after it. But really, really enjoyed it. I, I'm probably gonna do it again next year. Um yeah, yeah. But it, it was fantastic. People underestimate golf, don't they? Because I, I played golf years ago. I played golf in my teens, had lessons and stuff. 
haven't played for about 15 years. I, I always I always struggled, even with 18 holes. I always enjoyed the nine holes because, uh, you know, you had your strength, your fitness and what have you. Um, but then as, as, as the game went on, I just found it very tiring, you know, and it you've got to be re- to do 72 holes. I, that's a marathon, an absolute yeah. marathon. Yeah, really. well, it literally was a marathon. It was, it was just shy. It was about twenty-five miles we did walking. <laughs> then you've got all the swinging. So I did. It was twenty-five miles walking for forty-five thousand steps, four hundred golf shots, which um, which was, which was a. Uh, but it was. I was. I'm the same as you. So on a normal round, around. Whole 15, 16, I'm getting really fatigued. I'm like, oh, yeah, God, it's over. Yeah. And I'm pint in the clubhouse. But I didn't I didn't feel that. I think because you I knew I had so much to do yeah. that my mind wasn't going to take over that. But it was the last, the last round where everything just gave in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, crikey, you know, that you, you set the bar incredibly high and you know, fantastic you've you've raised that much money for uh, for, for your charities and uh yeah, I think it's nice when we can co- connect the two, business and charity, and uh, and get and give that support, give something back. So, yeah, perhaps a bit of a bit of a fitness plan to get you to next year's uh, char- charity golf event. Then, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm already in training now. <laughs> so, what um, what I usually do, uh, Matt, to kind of start to wrap up the podcast is 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 ask what um, what's the best advice you could give to your to our listeners. Um, uh, what would you really want them to take away either from the podcast uh, or a thought for them to take away from uh, what you do professionally? Um, I think I think the, the best bit of advice is if you don't know where you're up to with any of your finances, just get it sense checked. You know, there's financial advisors out there, even if it's not me, that will do that without a cost being incurred. Yeah. Cost comes from if you set something up and then it comes from that investment. So if you're worried about an upfront cost, you haven't got the money in the bank, then there is ways around that. But definitely do it sooner rather than later because early you do smaller bits now that make a massive difference in the future rather than in the future having to try and make a massive shortfall up. Yeah, when it's too late. Yeah, because yeah. they, haven't, they haven't acted early enough. Yeah. Brilliant. So... um so yeah, I guess I guess to wrap up, it'd be really good if we if you could share uh, with the listeners what really where they can find you, the different platforms that you you share these uh, these educational uh, messages. Yeah, so um, so mainly using Instagram and and LinkedIn. So um, Instagram, my handle is Matt Cullen FA, um, and then on LinkedIn, it's just Matt. Cullen um, and yeah you can find me on then I'm happy to connect and take any queries or questions that you have on anything I post brilliant well look thank you uh, thank you for your time I think it's been really informative listening uh, to your I guess different approach to uh, providing financial advice and, and you know, I hope you hope you continue to be successful hope your clients continue uh, to uh, to to benefit from from your support and uh, thank you for your time today Matt appreciate it yeah thank you Darren appreciate it Thank you.